You are listening to a Jesus Film Project podcast, The Unheard Story, where we tell stories that the world needs to hear. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Unheard Story podcast. My name is Holly Newell, and I work with Jesus Film Project. Today, it's my pleasure to be your host as we spend some time with David. David is a 20-year veteran of Jesus Film Project. We won't say his last name because David travels into some very dangerous parts of the world, but his stories of God's faithfulness and how God called him to missions are so incredible. I really hope you enjoy this time with David. And be sure to check out our next episode, which is with David's wife, Abigail, another incredible person of God. So David, thanks so much for being with us today. Yeah, great. Well, thanks. I kind of feel like it's a it's appropriate that I'm feeling really sick this morning because in my 12 years of traveling and recording the Jesus film before I became, became the team leader with my wife um, for the last years, uh, during my many years of travel, I spent a lot of those years sick, and I think I racked up around 16 food poisonings <laughs> after the time was done, as well as all the other unidentified uh, illnesses that were flu-like. And so, yeah, it just kind of feels right at home to be uh, to be feeling sick this morning. So, anyway, I'll... Uh... Feel comfortable. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, hey, I wanted to share a little bit about how the Lord called me to join the Jesus film and specifically the international recording team, you know, the team that travels and records the new languages of the Jesus film around the world. And so when I was in college, I was invited to a Bible study that Campus Crusade for Christ, uh, now crew here in America, uh, was hosting. And I went to that and eventually I became a believer uh, I finally understood the gospel in its fullness. and But I really, my plans were to pursue my uh, field of study, which was fisheries biology. So I had always loved fishing, grew up fishing. And so that was, that was really my pursuit. And different staff members of Campus Crusade for Christ had asked me to consider stints and other opportunities after uh, when I graduated uh, in uh, 2000. But I was like, no way, man. I got fishing to do. And I got my dream job working up in Alaska. So I worked with the United States Fish and Wildlife Service in very remote southwest Alaska. And actually, my job, I'd get flown out to remote rivers and streams. It would normally be me and a couple other guys. And we'd set up tents. And we would do fish population analysis, primarily by fishing. So we'd get assigned a section of stream and we'd fish it, you know, with hook and line. And we would tag the fish that we caught and uh, to track their movement. And we'd take some other uh, statistics on the fish. And so I was fishing for about 12 to 16 hours a day uh, for weeks on end in some of the most remotest parts of Alaska to do this fish population work. And I mean, this is the kind of places that people spent thousands upon thousands of dollars to go visit. I remember where I was. Um, Kevin Costner had flown up there and, you know, went out to one of the remote outposts near where our headquarters was 
But unlike Kevin Costner, I was there and getting paid for it. And I was <laughs> there, um, uh, you know, I was, I was there and that was my job. And so I had um, my, the other guys and I, we had guns on our back to protect ourselves from bears. And we certainly had plenty of encounters with them. Uh, but that was, that was my job. And it was more than I could have ever asked or imagined in, I mean, it was everything I'd ever dreamed of as a small child. Uh, loving fishing, uh, growing up fishing, studying fisheries biology. But it didn't take very long before I remember I was feeling uh, really empty inside. I remember thinking to myself, man, what more do you want? This is everything you'd ever dreamed of. This is all you've ever wanted, more than you've ever wanted. And yet you're not happy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Where are you going from here? And so... Uh, I remember I was in the Aleutian Peninsula of Alaska at that time, uh, way down uh, in the islands that point towards Russia. And it was just me and one other guy. And I got on my knees in my little uh, North Face tent. I just said, okay, God, for the first time in my life, I'll do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. I just pray you'd use me to the greatest extent in my short life. Um, I'm just one man. And I remember after that, it's like my heart really started uh, changing. I remember I had a, a wow worship cassette tape that I put into my AM FM cassette Walkman that I was <laughs> playing funny. in the middle of uh, nowhere, Alaska. And all of a sudden, God became very real to me. And yeah, I knew that, um, that he was calling me to something more. Mm-hmm. And so um, I began uh, thinking about ways to be a missionary. Here I am in Alaska, very little contact with the outside world, but a little bit. I remember I got an Operation World magazine sent to me. And so I was reading that, my little tent in the middle of nowhere. And um, my, my time in Alaska came to an end. And when I came back, uh, home, I was just like, all I wanted to do is become a missionary. And, um, and so I started investigating things and, you know, I did, I didn't know, you know, what to do or where to go, but I found out about the Jesus film project through the youth pastor at the church I was attending. And, uh, the youth pastor told me about a, a guy from the congregation who was on, uh, the international recording team. And so I called him and he, by God's grace, he was in the country and he was at his desk and I started talking to him about what he does. And he was sharing about how he records the Jesus film into new languages and how that is then shown to hundreds, thousands, millions of people. And man, I got so excited. I remember I hung up the phone. Uh, I got on my knees in my parents' house. I just said, God. I don't know about you, but this sounds awesome. <laughs> and so I, I joined. Uh, I, I began raising support. That was a totally foreign um, idea to me. And with um, faith probably the size of a mustard seed, uh, I began that process. And, and God proved his faithfulness. And I joined in May of 2001. And began traveling and recording the Jesus film. And I traveled and recorded 
for nine years before my wife and I got married in 2010. And then we continued to travel and record for a few years as a married couple. And so during that time, we recorded uh, together over uh, 100 some languages of the Jesus film and our different products. And a lot of them were for smaller people groups. And we we tallied up the number of people that speak all these languages. And mm -hmm. we realized that it was over 1 billion people. No way. Now have access to the gospel uh, in some way or form through the Jesus film in their language because God is still calling fishermen to, to leave their nets and follow him. And so, man, it's been, it's been an amazing roller coaster and an amazing adventure. But that was, that's just awesome. And then now we've been leading the international recording team for six years. And in six years, there's been over 500 languages of the Jesus film recorded by our team as well as partners. And so, man, um, yeah, I, I gave him my five loaves and two fish in Alaska, and I've seen him bless it. I've seen him break it. I've seen him multiply it and mm. feed, feed the multitudes with it. So to God be the glory. It's amazing because when you're telling it, you're right back in that moment, aren't you? In that moment where God yeah. called Yeah. Yeah. I can and 20 still, years later, you can still feel it and touch it, right? Yeah, I can remember playing that first wild worship song. Um you came from heaven to earth to show the way that one right there. And like, as I, as that started playing. Mm. It really is the most um, deepest part of us, isn't it? Where God speaks and calls. Yeah. 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 I can remember like stumbling and almost kind of falling down in this mm -hmm. uh, remote uh, Alaskan road that I was walking and listening to that song. So. Wow. And God knew that, through what he was doing in your life, a billion people, you would help a billion people hear his love in their language. Yeah, it's incredible. But you didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, who could have ever known, you know, in a little, yeah, in my little tent in Alaska, what he was going to do. David, that is so remarkable. I really appreciate you being willing to share that story with us. Is there anything right. else you want to tell us while we have you today? Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, there's there's so many awesome stories that I'd love to share, and my my lovely wife Abigail will will share um, one other travel story. I think maybe some other some other exciting adventures. But one that I was thinking of is when I went to the Middle East with mm -hmm. Mr. Josh Newell back when he was he was <laughs> yeah I think you know that guy um, back when he was a language production manager. You know, he had been on the international recording team, also called the travel team back then, uh, for some years and then was a language production manager. And he and I went to the Middle East and uh, we were recording uh, some different Jesus films and Jesus film products there. And, you know, when I this was about one year after September 11th. So Osama bin Laden is rumored to be in this you know general area and we're. Wow. You know, and, and when I heard about the trip, man, I just got so excited. You know, something about the danger of it just made me that much more excited. And when we, I, but I remember on that last flight, the last leg, when we were flying in, I remember thinking, wow, this is, this is serious. Like, this is serious. I'm in, I'm in the mm -hmm. Middle East. Mm -hmm. um, there are people who don't like what I do here. 
Um, there is a world-renowned terrorist somewhere in this vicinity, somewhere, one of these countries, and I'm flying in to record the Jesus film, and I have equipment that they that they may ask questions about, and and they ask, you know, and I had just my most recent trip. I'm still just finishing my one year internship at this point, wow. and I had already spent hours in customs and immigration in a closed Asian country where they were asking me all the questions you don't want to have to answer, <laughs> sweating bullets. By God's grace, got through that. It, it was it was quite an adventure. But uh, so now I'm flying into the Middle East, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, dear God, you have to help me. I don't think I can go through that kind of questioning again. And I remember when uh, Josh and I were in line for after we got our luggage, uh, they were scanning everybody's luggage and asking all the questions. I'm thinking, oh dear God, please help. And I remember a, a, one of the local. Uh, security officers, officers just walked up to Josh and I and said, hey, you two, just go around. Was, oh, wow. Wow. And so we stepped out of line, out of this big line, and we walked right on through. And I was thinking, wow, praise the Lord. And for our listeners that aren't as familiar, what was in your luggage that you didn't want them to find? Yeah, we have a some makeshift recording equipment that we use. We have a variety of you know other things. Uh, obviously, uh, some different Jesus film scripts. At that time, they weren't all digital, so they were a hard copy so that mm -hmm. we had to be careful of. And then just the general questions that they might ask us: Why? Why are you here at this time? You know, um, those are the questions we don't want to have to answer, and we're trained to answer those well uh, while sharing truthfully, but kind of trying to skirt the issue, and mm -hmm. so. But yeah, thankfully, nothing better than just skirting the whole. Oh, ride. yeah, that just made it so much easier. So we skirted <laughs> right on through and then we got picked up by our local contacts. And mm. we were recording the Jesus film for some Middle Eastern men who had come in from another neighboring country. And they came uh, over to us and we were working with two Canadian missionaries that were there. And these Canadian missionaries had recently been in a church where a man came in and uh, threw grenades and then mm -hmm. eventually killed himself. And these missionaries uh, mm -hmm. hit the ground and avoided the shrapnel, but had seen other people get killed and their eardrums were popped as wow. a result of the grenade blast. And so you know, we were doing a recording and actually one of the men had been um, abducted and taken hostage for a significant amount of time, uh, in years past and so had, had seen a lot and now recently had seen that grenade blast and so they had um they had ear earplugs in their ears because their ears were very sensitive as we're doing this mm -hmm. recording and then we're working with two middle eastern men to record their voices in order to finish a jesus film audio radio recording that was not quite finished there still had to be uh, some work done on it it had gotten uh, interrupted due to september 11th so we were finishing that up so Josh and I were working with these people. What a what a privilege to work with these people. And then the two men, uh, the two Middle Eastern men, said that, "Hey, you know, we're digging our graves by doing this recording, but it's a good work, and we must do it." Oh and wow! So I was just like, what a wow. statement! Yeah, yeah. Because we asked them, "Hey, you know, we have some software that can change people's voices. Would you like us to do that?" And they said, "No." 
you know, mm-hmm. um, because they were, from as much as I was aware, they were planning to be killed as a result of this work. And so what an oh, amazing man. opportunity to work with these two men. And, you know, they both shared stories. They both had dreams where Jesus had appeared to them in some way about the time that they came to know him. And so what a what an incredible opportunity to talk with them and then to work with these Canadian missionaries who had faced death multiple times in order to continue their work there. And then I think one of my favorite uh, times, one of my favorite memories is they prepared a very traditional Middle Eastern meal for us. Mm-hmm. It's a big pile of rice with uh, white raisins in it and and just some of the different other things. And it was on the ground on a rug and we all sat down and we ate together, you know, uh, brothers in Christ, brothers and sister in Christ. And it just made me think of Psalm 23, where David talks about in the presence of my enemies, you prepare a table before me. And so here I am eating this incredibly delicious Middle Eastern meal, hiding out in a missionary's house, uh, in the presence of my enemies, people who didn't want me to be there, and it, it's just such a highlight. What a privilege to work with these with these men and and this couple and and with Josh. So, just a, just an incredible memory, um, and just so thankful I could do it. What I love about that is that here we are, two decades on, and the sacrifices that you all made are still reaping benefits. They're still using those tools all over the world. And people are coming to Christ today because of the faithfulness. So it was scary, but you were brave. You did it. um, And the Lord blessed it. So David, it is such a privilege to have you um, on the Unheard Story podcast. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, such a blessing. And I, I just love, I love telling the people that we work with when we record the Jesus film that your your voice will be telling the gospel in your language to your people until Jesus returns someday. Oh, wow. So what a blessing. Yeah, what a blessing to be part of it. And uh, thanks for letting me share. Thanks, David. Have a wonderful day. All right. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Jesus Film Project podcast, The Unheard Story where we tell stories that the world needs to hear.